Welcome to the Spirit Sisters podcast. My name is Karina Machado and I'm the author of Spirit Sisters, Women's True Stories of the Paranormal. In this podcast, I'll revisit the women behind my most unforgettable stories and unearth new tales to chill, intrigue, astound and offer hope. You'll hear first-hand accounts of ghostly visitors, near-death experiences, premonitions, hauntings and love more powerful than death. Whatever you believe about the afterlife, I invite you to open your minds and hearts as ordinary women reveal their extraordinary encounters. Welcome to Spirit Sisters, the podcast. Today, I'm honoured to share the first of my two-part conversation with Faith, an Australian woman speaking publicly for the first time about her near-death experience and how it's utterly transformed her life. I'd like to note here before we begin that Faith's story references sexual abuse, sexual assault and suicide, which may upset some listeners. If you need support, please call Lifeline in Australia on 13 11 14. Please also note that this episode contains some strong language. Now to Faith's story. Prior to her NDE, Faith was immersed in a life of addiction and violence from which there seemed no way out. What led Faith to that lifestyle is a long and complex story which we simply didn't have time to explore at length in the podcast, so I'm going to summarise it here. Raised by her devoutly Catholic mother and grandmother, Faith was teased and called a quote-unquote bastard from the moment she entered preschool. From the ages of 3 to 13, Faith was sexually abused by three separate people. At 13, Faith was gang-raped at a party and was also 13 when one of her abusers injected drugs into her arm for the first time. As a teenager, Faith confided in a friend about the abuse. Word reached authorities at her Catholic school, but instead of receiving support and counselling, Faith was lectured about virtue and modesty and was ostracised by her friends. She tried to take her own life, and by age 16, she was self-harming and diagnosed with agoraphobia. At 20, Faith married a man who loved her, and they had two sons. However, I still hadn't dealt with my issues, Faith says, adding, his love wasn't strong enough to keep me together. Diagnosed with postnatal depression and a heart condition, Faith began dabbling in heroin, which led to the collapse of her marriage. The ensuing custody battle shocked her into getting clean and she devoted the next 15 years to her two sons, working hard as a single mother to support them and studying social work, following in her mum and grandmother's footsteps. But in 2011, Faith had a nervous breakdown and relapsed into drugs. She was introduced to methamphetamine or ice and slid easily into an underworld which at first she found alluring, even glamorous. Through this world, she met the man she calls her soulmate, Matt. And actually, the pair had first met when she was 15 and he was a handsome, aspiring footballer. But like Faith, Matt had turned to drugs to deal with past pain, in his case, the death from a brain tumour of his beloved sister. On June 1, 2014, Faith's journey to her NDE began when she was diagnosed with infectious endocarditis, which almost destroyed her aortic valve and required open-heart surgery. 
Faith's heart stopped multiple times during surgery and she was placed in an induced coma which lasted for two weeks. Faith had two NDE experiences during her long hospital stay, as she's about to tell us. A lesser spoken aspect of NDEs is the so-called negative experience, which is when an NDE encompasses fear, pain or so-called hellish elements. This is part of Faith's story too, and some might find those parts of her account quite confronting. But then her experience opens up into the beautiful encounter that will be familiar to anyone who's read or heard many NDEs. Faith's story is almost biblical in its themes of life, death, love, fear, angels and demons. To me, it seems that our NDEs are as varied, multi-layered and individual as we are, but yet they appear to share one common message, pointing to love as the ultimate reality. Faith's NDE put her on the path back to the spiritual beliefs she'd turned away from as a wounded child, but she'd live another two years of hell on earth before she began integrating the lessons she learnt on the other side. This is one of the most powerful stories of hope and transformation I've ever heard, and I'm thrilled to share it with you today. Here's the first part of my conversation with Faith. Welcome, Faith, to the Spirit Sisters podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you on today. You have got an extraordinary tale for our listeners. Your story of your NDE experience is, is just absolutely mind-blowing. So we've spoken together before about it, but I'm thrilled that you've agreed to come on the show and share your story with our listeners. So thank you very much, thank Faith, you. and welcome. Thank you, Karina. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so... It's hard to know where to start with your story. It is very in-depth, but I think it would be good for our listeners to have an idea of what your life was like at the time just preceding your NDE. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Karina. That's okay. You take your time. I'm just trying to. Uh, okay. Take your time. 18 months before I got sick, I was living a pretty bad lifestyle. My partner and I, we fell heavily into drug addiction, methamphetamine, and um, because of the lifestyle that comes with it, mm-hmm. we we had a lot of issues with shady people. We went through some pretty harrowing experiences from home invasions at gunpoints to kidnappings. I mean, it, it was – and Matthew and I were the kind of people that were, um, up until we got into drug addiction, were – um, decent members of society. Yes. We both had good lives, good families. Yep. I mean, we're not your typical profile of that kind of person. Sure, but unfortunately, sure. that kind of drug, that's sort of the lifestyle you've thrown into. Because of my drug addiction, I um, developed a heart infection and I neglected my health. I was out of fear of hospitals due to um, some childhood traumatic experiences and I also, it was mainly shame. I didn't want to go to the doctors and be exposed as a drug addict. Yes. Um, so I avoided it. And it got to a point where I was dying. I had a infection. It was called infectious endocarditis. Mm-hmm. It had literally eaten my entire aortic valve away. I had three other valves that were badly infected. Wow. By the time I got to hospital, I was internally bleeding. Oh my my legs had swollen up with blood clots all over it. Um, I had three mini strokes and I was pretty much told 
oh, my, my kidneys were failing and I was told that they were would be surprised if I survived the night. So very quickly I had to give up drugs. Yeah, <laughs> yes. To be told that you, you could die. So, yeah, instantly I had to come clean with the hospital. I let them know. Yeah. Which was a bit of an ordeal in itself because, unfortunately, people are judgmental and yeah, yes. I was judged instantly and treated differently. Right. Um, so my worst fears did come true in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. I The infection was so bad, I needed to have aortic valve replacement surgery, but they couldn't do it until they cleaned it up a bit. So I was on antibiotics for three weeks. Were you in the hospital um, at that? I was in the. Oh yep, yeah, yep. I was. I was in um, not palliative, intensive, high high dependency okay, ward, yep, which yep. means yeah, that's the, where the sickest of the sick are. Yes. Um, while they cleaned it up until they thought I could survive the surgery. Okay. Um, the, the doctor that actually did my surgery came out of retirement. He was the head of the cardiology department. Yeah. And um, because he didn't think anybody else had oh, the skill to gosh, pull it off it also turns out that same doctor did my son's open heart surgery when oh, he was a baby oh my ironically gosh. wow um, so yeah he was a beautiful dr nichols he was a brilliant man wonderful um heading into facing this surgery because my chances were very slim even at this point i, I think i was given 20% chance of surviving um, the surgery okay. when I went in because I, I'd left the infection go for so long that my whole body, my liver, everything, was, my organs were shutting down. Oh. I don't think I really, what's the word when you take it in? You acknowledged or realised. Process actually process, how yeah. life-threatening it was right. and what I, I was facing life and death. I think I was sort of in denial but also I think, I had to give up drugs. So I was detoxing the entire time, right? And yes. I was I was a, a rat bag, to, to say the least. Yes, I was, and I yeah, I, I had no concept that I could potentially die. Nothing was really going in, yes, you know. Yes. So getting to that, I had no, I had no relationship with God mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Even though I was raised Catholic, mm-hmm. and to know there's a God. Because of my childhood, yes. I had a very traumatic childhood, a lot of sexual abuse yes. at the hands of a psychopathic uncle. I oh, mean, goodness. he tortured me in so many ways. He killed my pets. I, he was a very evil man. Terrific. And a brutal rape when I was 13, gang rape. Oh, I had no self-esteem when I was young and I was broken. Mm, and um, mm. I did get married and meet a wonderful man and had two beautiful children but having no self-esteem and not dealing with my demons, I sort of, yeah, I I sort of, when my kids were 16 and 14, met my partner and we sort of dragged each other down and we used meth, I guess you could say, to deal with my emotional baggage. So, yeah, by the night before my surgery... Yeah, I had no relationship with God. My mum did, being a good Catholic, ask me to do confession with a priest. Okay. I didn't mean it. I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was a load of crap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I sort of knew I was going to die, though, ironically. Um, I really did think I was going to die. Um, the morning of my surgery was pretty awful because mm. um, my partner still being on drugs, 
um, didn't make it that morning to see me or bring my children in like he was supposed to. And they took me in early um, because they didn't want to wait any longer. Yeah. I was very, very sick. Yes. I remember crying. I had some moments of reflection. Okay. Just moments before I was taken in with mum. I didn't appreciate my mum was there. I felt so alone. Mm. I've never felt loneliness like it in my life. I mean, I really, I was dying mm. and mm. my chances of surviving were very, very slim and everything I loved in this world wasn't there. Yes. Matthew wasn't there. My children weren't there. And my mother was holding my hand, like broken, mm. trying to be brave. And I said, I'm going to die. And she's like, no, you're not, Faith. And <laughs> I told her to apologise to my children. I was very angry at Matthew. I blamed him for everything. Okay. I was such a victim. That's one thing I was. I was a huge victim. I constantly felt sorry for myself. I didn't actually own anything I yeah. did. I didn't own any of my mistakes. I blamed God, if there was one, yeah. for giving me this horrible, horrible life. Mm-hmm. And um, I blamed Matthew for everything, mm-hmm. including my heart infection. Mm-hmm. And I said to mum, I'm done with him, break mm-hmm. up with him. I don't want to see him again. And she took that literally. Yeah. And then I was taken in a surgery. I was crying so hard that when they were putting oxygen on me, they had to wipe my tears away because I, I just knew this is it. And um, I went to sleep. Okay. So the next thing I remember, this must be the first time I died. Oh, yes. So we should explain yes. that there were two NDEs. Yes. And this is that yes. happened in within how many days of each other, Faith? Um, three days. Okay. So I think three or four days. I've, I'm not sure. No, that's okay. Just um, it, it was, was a short yeah, period. Yeah. It was a short period okay. of time. So what happened um, the, during the, the first? The first time yeah. I was on the surgery table, I remember seeing a light looking up and it was the surgeon's light. And then all of a sudden it moved like a sliding door right. to the left okay. really abruptly. And this most incredible, it's like the roof opened up. Wow. It was like, how do I describe it? It was like crown moulding, the shape, exact shape and size of the hospital bed. Okay. And um, as it slid across, the roof was sort of opened up and this light just soared in. Wow. And it soared in and it just enveloped me like a warm blanket. Oh, wow. And I remember just looking up thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, what is this? And as I'm floating to the ceiling, I mean, I felt the most incredible peace and love and warmth wow. that came from that light. I just wanted to go there. And then, bang, I was sucked. It was like a vacuum. It just sucked me back in my body. The next thing I remember, it was, it looked like to be the recovery room. Yeah. Now, this is hard to explain because I was in a coma. Okay. And I was in what I call purgatory. I could see the living and the dead, but I had no concept at the time that that was the situation. Okay. Even though I was in a coma, very, very sick, eyes swollen shut, I felt like I could walk around, talk. Do you understand? Yes. I so you were. I so was you, completely conscious. So if I was by your bedside, I would see you in a coma with your eyes swollen shut. Shut. But sick, in your but experience, you were. I'm conscious. Talk, trying to talk to you and get your yeah. attention, but you can't hear me. Yes. Yes. And I don't you. understand why you can't hear me. Yeah. I remember seeing 
two nurses in the corner of the room. And um, one was blonde, very pretty nurses, like very attractive. They were gowned up like nurses, like they had the gowns, the gloves on. Um, One had blonde hair and the other one was Filipino in appearance, Mm. both Australian accents. And I could hear them talking about me and I didn't understand. I couldn't quite make out what they were saying. And then another nurse would walk in the room and attend to me and um, talk to those nurses. And when she'd walk in the room, the nurses would come and attend to my knees and they would interact. Okay. And then the other nurse would walk away. And, I, and these nurses were talking about me and I could hear words like she's been marked, she's ours, mm. you know, this, this bitch. This, oh, my goodness. This bitch, is, this bitch is a fighter. And I'm thinking, why are they talking about me my like that? Goodness. Why are they calling me bitch? I didn't understand it. So you did, had no I, concept that you were having an out-of-body experience. Experience, yeah, no. I okay. thought they were two nurses in the room who didn't like me or yeah. just really bad people. Yes. And yes. they were saying things like, um, we nearly had her before, but she's a fighter, but we're being given orders, that's it. We're being mm. given orders if she doesn't come soon to assist in her transition. And then as they were going through paperwork, they pulled a page up and I saw a black upside-down crucifix. Now, being from a Catholic background, I know that means that's evil, that's, that's satanic. That's and that got, that got my attention mm. and I, I yelled out to them, what does that mean? Why is there an upside-down crucifix on my paperwork? And as I did, they both stopped. Mind you, I've been trying to talk to the other nurses and they couldn't hear me. Right, yeah. And I just assumed they wouldn't. I just reacted to what I was seeing. Yes. And they both stopped and then turned and looked at me and then realised this bitch can hear us. And that's exactly what one of them said, this bitch can hear us. Oh, my god. Then they started to laugh. Oh, my god. Like, ha, 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 ha. Like, really, but it was insidious. It was... And you've got to imagine really attractive women, mm. like that's why, who dressed as nurses, insidiously laughing, mm. getting enjoyment out of my suffering and my confusion. And they said, I said, what does it mean? What's it, why do you want to hurt me? I was trying to understand. Yes. And then they said, well, 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 you fucked it up, Faith. You fucked up, excuse my language, but I'm going to just tell yeah, you just exactly say it what it they is. said that's to okay. me. You fucked it up, Faith. You fucked your life up on earth and you've been marked. I said, what do you mean I've been marked? And they said, you've been marked for hell. You're going to hell. We're just waiting for you to die. And oh, at, first, at first I was horrified and then I was more in disbelief because I still, even though they're saying these things to me, I still saw them as nurses trying to hurt me. I wasn't actually comprehending what they were actually saying to me, yes. that I'm going to hell. Yes, um, yes. I just thought they were trying to kill me. They did, they tormented me, Karina. They tormented me in ways of pulling awful childhood memories, telling me this is what your God. They really wanted me to turn on God. They wanted me to renounce him. They wanted me to blaspheme him. And they did, it was like they were trying every trick in the book. But the funny thing was when another nurse would come in the room to attend to my needs, they would just behave normal. So this very this confused me a lot mm, because you're between two worlds. Yeah, because I don't understand mm. how the other nurses can see them. Like I'm still trying to um, process yeah. that part of it. But where was I? Sorry, this happens. That's okay. Um, 
so um, the other nurse came in and attend yeah, and they'd, they were, they'd been bringing up, they were trying to get you to renounce God, which is interesting to, because, to, as you said earlier, you didn't have a faith that you no, were aware of. No. <laughs> but they knew something about you. That, well, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah. They, they wanted me to completely, I think they were trying to, they were lying to me and manipulating me. They were making me believe that. I was going, if I died, they were taking me. That was all there was to it. There was nothing I could do. They took my hope away. Mm. And without hope, what do you have? Yes. But I'm the kind of person, I went back to North Corner, I come out fighting. So I got angry. Yeah. I got really angry. And I started trying to attack them. Mm. I mean, physically. Mm. If they came near me, I would scratch at them. But mind you, at this stage, I still didn't realise they were actual demons. It wasn't until one of them touched me. That I actually got to see what they really were. When she put a hand on me, she it was ice cold. And then I got a glimpse of her eyes and at, at first just looking at like from the side, it looked reptilian and, and then it just went black mm. and then the other eyes went black and I realised straight away what I was dealing with. These were demons and I said, these are demons. Then they laughed even more like mocking me for being stupid for not working it out earlier right, you know right. it was all about belittling and mocking yes. and the hate oh they my hated gosh. my guts i mean um they tortured me mentally the entire time but they would also torture me by telling me when i did die um actually before that part sorry they were talking about how they were going to kill me to help assist in my transition. And they came up with a plot to inject an infection in my line. And I remember the blonde nurse when she was flicking the syringe to inject the infection in my line. I remember pulling up my cords, trying to make them into a hose so it would stop the flow of infection. Oh. I mean, I was physically, and I actually pulled out, um, stomach catheters, catheters, cords, tubes. So I mean, in your physical, in your body, I was actually you were doing this. You physically. Were, so if I had been at your bedside at that moment, I would have seen you would, thrashing about. You have, oh yes, they yeah. actually put a sign up above my bed, "Dangerous patient." Okay. Um, to be careful wow. because I attacked so many nurses. I pulled out so many cords. In the end, they had to strap me. Oh my God. Um, my hands and feet to the bed, um, which was terrifying oh. because even though I was strapped in, I was, it was like I was strapped in, even though my soul was aware of what was going on in the afterworld. Yes. I was still strapped in. So I thought they had even easier access to me. Wow. Um, there was one time um, this beautiful black African man walked in my room. He was a nurse. And when he walked in, they fled. They couldn't be near him. So, I'm sorry, Faith, was this a real, like in, as in the physical? Well, I never, yes, physical, I don't know. Okay, Because okay. I never saw him again. Ah, okay. Funny that I never saw him again after I woke up from my coma and there was a lot of nurses there I recognised. Okay. And I would even say, you said this or you said oh, that. Wow. Oh, my God. Really, because they were blown away that I actually, being so sick, I was in a coma, but I was aware of what was going on. But oh. I never saw him again. Okay. I did see him again, but so what happened not in the when, physical sense. when he walked in, the others fled? The, the demons left, okay. instantly left, and I'd get some peace. And his aura was magnificent and he was just so kind and so loving. And 
I, I just thought he was a lovely nurse, you know, yeah. and he would leave. But he was always around. I could always see him in the background around. Wow. My mum came in. I remember this one day my mum came in and um, this is when I started to work out auras, people who had the auras were good and the demons didn't have auras. Okay. They had no colour coming from them, okay. no light, nothing. No light. So that's when I knew when I, a demon would come in I was yeah. dealing with evil, not not a nice nurse. Yeah. Um, my mum came in and started praying for me and she, um, being Catholic, yeah. is a big believer in scapular medals and protection medals. So you, you're and still wearing them today. I can I, see you. I Our listeners can't see you but I can see, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've never taken them off since. Um, she wanted to put them around my neck. I remember the nurse saying you can't because of the equipment and tubes. So she pinned them on me. Okay. And as soon as she did, the demons couldn't didn't come near me again. So they, they were didn't gone. come near me again. They were gone. I got peace. Yeah. I okay. actually got some peace. And I got to I remember um I got to I guess you could say this was the most enjoyable part of my coma. Watching my son come in, I remember mm. seeing his face. He was terrified. Oh. He was so shocked to see me like that. He was so scared. And I remember him saying, I love you, Mumza, because that's what he calls me. Oh. And he put this little ring on my finger. I remember my one of my girlfriends coming in. She pretended to be my sister to get in. <laughs> and um, she whispered in my ear that she was pregnant and I was the first person she had told. So this was in your coma and then later you were able to validate, you were able to, when you woke up. it all happened. Yeah, that's extraordinary. Um, But it was, being in a coma, I was completely conscious and aware of everything, everything that was going on. And Um, more. You were aware of more. Everything. (laughs) And you can see everything in 3D. I mean, I, I could even see, it was strange, even though I was in my bed, I could see what was going out. On down in the hall and okay. what nurses were on. I mean, it, it was really strange. Right. I, I was not aware that I was very sick, okay. tubed up in a coma. Okay. I was not aware at all. So I had a lot of moments of peace. Still didn't call out to God. I'm frustrated at myself because I bought into the demons' lives. I believed them that God had given up on me. I believed them that um, I'd been marked to go to hell and my only thought was to survive so I could get a chance to get good with God for real. That was my mind state. And then I died for the second time. I remember I was in, I'd been moved from this stage because I remember even being moved from, um, I was moved into intensive care and it was a single room. I remember where the nurse's desks, there was a nurse right at my door. Mm -hmm. My mum was in the room. I remember floating up above my body and the nurse jumping up. I must have been coding. Oh, okay. I remember feeling such beautiful peace. Wow. And the first thing that came to my mind is, oh, my God, there's life after death. Wow. Like I was just in a state of shock. I thought, oh, my God, it's for real. It's for real. I was excited. Yeah. And I'm watching them work on me and I'm seeing my mum starts crying. She she grabs her phone and she had rosary beads in one hand and she had the phone in the other and she's crying. And the nurses are trying to push her out gently without saying, let us just work on her. I remember looking at myself in that coma. Mm -hmm. I remember being shocked. Mm. about how swollen my face was. Mm. My face was so swollen 
I didn't even look like me. Like, that was a shock. I remember thinking, oh, my God, that's you. Like, I had to really take it in. That was me. Then I remember being above Westmead. I just kept floating up. Yeah. And um, I could see where the helicopter pad was. I mean, the detail was unbelievable. Then all of a sudden I'm right at the edge of the blue looking at the earth Mm. and then I go straight up into space. Mm. And as I'm floating in the space, I'm in the universe, I'm looking down at our world, our planet, and all the secrets of the universe were exposed to me. Mm. Every It's like this, how do I explain it? It's like someone plugging you in mm-hmm. full of information oh, and wow. all just making sense <gasps> and you understand everything. And in that moment I understood there is a God. Oh, my God, I got it wrong. And as I'm floating up, everything just stopped and I started to fall. And as I'm falling and I'm falling at speed lighting, like wow. like falling, wow. falling, falling. And as I'm falling, I'm this smell is the first thing I could smell. Oh my I was goodness. falling into a dark hole. The smell and the stench was like nothing. Like I could throw up even just thinking about it. Oh it was gosh. that disgusting. Oh wow. Face. And as I'm falling, all I can hear is laughter. And there's so many demons laughing, laughing. We got her, we got her. And laughing with such delight and enjoyment and then screaming profanities at me, the mm. most horrific names and telling me what they're going to do. And I'm still falling into hell. Mm. And I realised I was falling into hell. And I'm trying to hold on to stop myself. And as I'm holding on to the walls, the walls are just all cockroaches, spiders, snakes. Oh, my gosh. You name it. Every disgusting insect on this world (sighs) biting me. So I'm not – I'm still trying to hold on. And as I'm falling, this part's really powerful. As I'm falling and in terror, I can feel God's essence, everything that is good in me and his faith Mm. and his beautiful being taken because nothing good can go to hell. You're only left with the evil. So it was like the essence of God was leaving me and I could feel it and as the essence of God is leaving me the demons that were in me because I was evil I'd in the like 18 months before my surgery I'd done some bad things mm-hmm. and I really did deserve to be there Karina I did wow. I screwed up I majorly screwed up and mm-hmm. I deserve to be there and I'm falling into hell I'm hearing these demons and the smell mm-hmm. and I'm feeling God's essence and I'm trying to scream out I'm sorry God I love you forgive me and as I say it the demons take my voice over and they're like, I love Satan. Oh, no. And I'm trying to fight this and I'm like, no, I don't mean that, God. I am I love you, Satan, would come out. Oh, my And it was gosh. like this battle, internal battle of I don't know what, but there was a lot of evil and it, as God's leaving me, it was taking me over. And in the end I just screamed and I meant it with every part of my being, forgive me, God, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's so powerful, Faith. And I meant it, Karina, I meant it. And then bang, I'm back in the universe and I look down and I can see the earth and it's just like space pictures but it's even more beautiful, more beautiful. That's amazing. And I see this vibration coming off the world 
and it's powerful, beautiful. Oh, wow. The most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And this vibration is letting off this energy of light. And um, sorry. So it's the vibration is sound and light. It was prayer. Then God, then I could hear it. And the vibration was everybody in the world who's praying and all the prayer and all that energy coming from people's prayer is giving me this energy boost and it was lifting me up to heaven. And I hear my mum's prayers. I hear my nan's prayers. I hear strangers' people praying for me. Mm. And um, like I said, my mum and my family's prayers got me up there. And as the praying, the more the praying happened, the more I was lifted and lifted and lifted. And then, bang, I was there. I got there. And as I'm getting into heaven, the beautiful black nurse Ah, is standing there. You saw him again. Wow. I said, oh, my goodness, it's you. He said, welcome home, Faith. And he, he made a joke. I can't remember. It was sort of like, you know, you had us worried there for a minute. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he just started laughing and there's all these people there and they're just, welcome home, Sister Faith. They called you sister, wow. brother and sister. Okay. Um, sister Faith, and they're hugging me. And I'm recognising some and some I don't recognise okay. at all. Okay, okay. But they knew me. And um, they are oh, the joy, the joy. Now, this is sort of like, how do I explain it? It's so hard to put into words because it's so unbelievable. But so there are pearly gates, but they're not pearly. They're magnificent, magnificent gates. And it's sort of like as I was taken into the sort of the section, the beginning of heaven. Now, the roads roads are paved of gold. Oh my goodness. The green, grass is like green velvet of like this. Everything is so perfect in heaven. Like I can't explain it. And yes. everything's alive, living, God yes. created. It's all alive and feeling. There's no death. Like the flowers yes. are the most magnificent flowers you've ever seen, but they sing. Oh, wow. God let me have this gaze. And I got to see, I mean, there's mountaintops. The water is crystal clear and beautiful. Um, Sorry, Faith, tell me a bit more about the singing flowers. Oh, okay. They sound so beautiful. The the flowers sing the most incredible songs. And it's as the breeze goes over them, the breeze sort of, you can – you can, it's hard to explain. Mm. You can see. Okay. You can sort of see the song, oh, not wow. just hear it, but you can see it. The smells and the perfumes, I mean, the scents are unbelievable. Mm. Colours, I mm. can't even describe to you in heaven because I was shown, I was also shown other things, but it sort of came later because I still wasn't like I was there, but I had to go through my judgment. Oh, so um, this is your life reviewed. Tell us about yes. that because I'm always fascinated so by the I, life review. God let me see heaven, but like I said, yeah. there was a section at the front where I had to go through my life review. Okay. What an angel comes down with a book, okay. okay, and it's the book of my life. And there's people there. Now, I never saw Jesus, but I knew he was there. He was everywhere. But I never saw, got to actually see Jesus. Yeah. But Jesus was there. Maybe when I finally got to go to heaven, that would have happened. Yes. But during my review, 
there there was a lot of men long white beards i knew who they were up there but i can't tell you who they are now okay, and, okay. do you understand yes, i knew yes. exactly who absolutely yeah and um but i couldn't tell you yeah and they open and there was other people there that loved me, like family members or friends that I knew, but I'd never met. Okay. Funny. Um, yeah. But they knew me and I knew who they were. Yes. Um, intimately at so the time. Some but sort of soul connection. Yeah. Amazing. They were there and the book of life opens up yeah. and as it opens up, there's a sky in heaven, sort of like on earth, but a trillion times better. Wow. <laughs> um, this light soared out as they opened the book, it just soared up and the entire sky became like a movie camera, oh. like a video. So I'm oh. watching my entire life from birth oh, wow. up until I died on this um, on the sky. It's like a screen. It's like the sky. It's like a screen yeah. and you see everything. Yeah. You see every mistake. You see it's humbling. Yeah. Um, you, you see, I didn't. You feel I felt shame, a great shame. I felt very stupid, the choices I made. Um, you see the bad things, um, but then you also see the good things okay. and the things that were huge to them. Like I don't remember it all, but I remember some real key points. Yeah, I remember being shown how brave I was okay. when I was a little girl because yeah. my um, uncle used to get flogged. He was younger than me. We were like siblings, brutally by my grandfather, who was very violent, and he would flog him with a belt, just lash after lash. Oh, my, my gosh. My um, uncle would just roll around, and I used to dive on top of him and wrap my body around him, so my pop would stop belting him. Right. Now, I didn't really think that was a big deal, but in heaven that was huge. Yes. That was a courageous act that I did without even thinking, yeah. um, just acts of kindness to people who were being bullied at school. And I was showing little things that I'd done for people that I thought was nothing but how it changed their lives. Wow. There was one girl I used to go to TAFE with and she was bullied unmercifully. Mm. And her, she was really pretty but she used to dress like a boy and she had no sense of style and just was so shy and introvert mm. and I felt I just I don't know I just felt for her so I gave her a makeover and <laughs> started taking her out and a couple of years later I saw her we caught up again and she thanked me for giving her her confidence mm. and her, you know showing her how to be a girl that she only she had only had a, a dad yeah. he never really taught her and she you know she had a great boyfriend and she was a different person and I I didn't even think twice. I was really shocked to see that because wow. I about so it's her. the little things you know, yeah that count. That's yeah. that's what counts. Yeah. Little acts of kindness. Yeah. I mean big things do too. Yes. But it's the things you do without thinking or things you do because you from your heart okay. that counts and everything's okay. recorded. And um I got to see my life review and then I was asked questions. Mm. And I only remember the question I got wrong. I don't remember. The, I got the other ones right. The life review, to me, when you see it like that, it's sort of like it's it's a good way for you to actually acknowledge where you screwed up, how you messed up, therefore you can be sorry. I was sorry. Okay. I was so sorry for everything. I was sorry for, you know, I was given such beautiful gifts, two beautiful children. Yeah. And I was also, I also met my three-year-old who was three 
I think. Apparently, they grow up in heaven. Wow. So aborted children or children that are miscarried or die, they, they go up and they grow up in heaven. Okay. And they're of age of oh. what they would be out here. So it was three years. She she looked about three and she looked exactly like me. Oh. And she called me mummy. That was tough. Yes. That was tough because yes. I took her life. Well, I was pro-life, I mean pro-choice for a very long time, mm-hmm. you know. Obviously I was, but um, I was – the question I got wrong, that's right. Yes, sorry, yes. Rena. That's all right. Yeah, the question was, did I do the right thing leaving my son Eden with my partner, Matt, right. in his, under his supervision? Eden was only 17, I think, at the time. Okay. And um, mind you, you've got to understand, Eden had a very good life up until the 18 months I was with Matthew. That's when he, he lost his mum and watched her life go downhill. Right, so right. it was a my son, it was a shock to him too. He had to go through some horrific experiences like home invasions, cars mm. being blown up. He witnessed, just as an example, one of my friends stab another friend. That's, you know, I mean, he, he, he had to grow up very quickly yes. in that 18 months. And right. I left my son in Matt's care and I said yes and I got it wrong. And as soon as I said yes, I realised I was wrong. I said, I'm so sorry, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. What was I thinking mm-hmm. leaving Eden there? I did the wrong thing and mm-hmm. I was forgiven instantly and that was it. That was it. As soon as I was forgiven and as soon as I owned my mistake, it was erased from the book of life. And so, it's so like that on earth too. It's like that on earth. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. If you're genuinely sorry for yep. your mistakes, yep. your book of life up there, it's gone. It's like it never existed. Okay. The sin disappears. Yep. Okay. So everything good you've done always stays there. But yep. the negative, if you gen you have to, you can't hide from God. He sees he created us. He sees all everything. Okay. And he knows. You can't hide from him. But um I was then after I got the, I got it wrong, but I was forgiven because yeah. I worked it out. I was allowed to go to heaven. Before you go in faith, uh, we've got to tell you a few things. And what they had to show me was, firstly, if I died, how it affects, how my my choices and my decisions affect people who love me. Mm-hmm. So God showed me, God was there. Okay, I never saw Jesus, but God, even though they're the same, so maybe Jesus was there, of course. They're all being God of light. He was so bright. So it was light. You, you saw God as light. light. He's okay. light. But he's huge. Even the angels are huge. They're like seven, eight feet tall. Wow. Like yeah. everybody is huge. But he was he, he was so light and so bright I couldn't even look at him. Mm. But his presence uh, of love the ecstasy you feel you're in absolute ecstasy Amazing. like it is the high of highs just being in his presence but god doesn't actually speak to you but he spoke to me telepathically yeah you hear his words yeah yeah and he he says okay so because of your decisions your choices this is what's going to this is if you die oh that's sorry we need to show you Firstly, they wanted to show me what was going to happen to my children ah, okay. because I died, and it was pretty awful. Right. Um, Eden, I saw Eden. He's he was seventeen at the time. He's twenty one now. He was really overweight, mm-hmm. bald. My son's very good looking, yeah. so to see him looking like that was 
Hardy looked about 30 yeah and he was hanging from a tree <gasps> oh, he'd hung God. himself oh, because he had lost me oh, wow. my son Paris I saw in a toilet block with a needle in his arm oh. ID'd on heroin oh, that's horrific and okay. I was shown their deaths okay I wasn't shown them going to help but their life on earth was suffering obviously because of my bad choices and then Matthew my partner mm. who also was a good man came from a good family mm. broken we were broken both of us in very different ways yeah. mine to horrific childhood events yeah he he was he'd never got over his sister's death yeah. she died very quickly very suddenly of brain cancer oh. and she suffered tremendously she was very beautiful and um, she ended up losing half a skull. Oh, it was a horrific, yeah. horrific death. So suffering and leads to more suffering, basically. Absolutely. Mm. And um, he, he'd lost his relationship with his children from bad choices. Yeah. His sister came and said to me, um, I was given a choice. At this stage I was showing my children I was given a choice and, and God told me one more person. And it was his sister, Danielle. I'd never met her. Oh, so the sister who'd passed away from the brain Matthew's cancer, sister. you saw her spirit. I saw her spirit oh. Oh. and she said to me, she told me, she said, Matthew and you are soulmates. She said, um, she said, if you go back and don't give up on him, no matter what he does, do not give up on him. He will come good and he will make all your dreams come true and he will go, he will come here, he will come to heaven. Mm. But if you give up on him. Looking back, I was a bit annoyed at her (laughs) afterwards, to be honest. Um, They showed me Matt in hell and Matt's suffering in hell. And what I was shown, I won't even tell him. I'm Mm. not even going to say what was happening to him. And he, the screams that were coming out were horrific, absolutely horrific. So I, I chose to come back because mainly my children and I seeing Matt in hell, meeting Danielle, who was so beautiful, and said he's my soulmate. We met for a reason. When I came back, I got to come back. I remember being sucked back in my body. The funny part is, yep, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I've missed a big chunk. No, 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 that's okay. That's okay. There's a lot to tell. Yes. So, yeah, she showed me in hell and God gave me a choice. But before he did, he showed me some things. He, he showed me um, that my mansion was being built. Everybody has a crown of jewels, okay? Now, the crown of jewels, how to explain it, each jewel you get is a good deed or something special, wow. something positive or unique you do down here on earth okay. and it goes in your crown. Wow. And um, the more you do, and honestly, it's not that difficult. Yeah. Just to be like Jesus, just love people, treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, if you've got yeah. two or something and someone's got nothing, you give it to them. Yeah. It's not that hard right. to yeah. be a good person. Yeah. Just uh, unfortunately people nowadays are so self-absorbed, yeah. such victims. Yeah. I was queen of victims. <laughs> um, that They don't see how easy it really is. Yeah. It really is easy. But um. Wow. My crown's being filled and I was told that if I come back also I've got a chance to tell people what happened and, to, ah. you know, heaven is for real wow. and 
you can go there and there's a bad place too and you can go there and right. it's all up to us. Wow. God doesn't give us a bad life. We choose to come here mm. and um, it's how we deal with it. Mm. And, you know, like I said, the devil's, the devil's in the details on earth. He's everywhere. And he's always tempting us and he's always in our ear and he's always in arm's reach and we've just got to keep him, be aware of it. So choices, like said, that choices that turn away from love. Yes, yeah. turn away from God that you know is wrong. That's the devil in your ear. And right. I, it's not, I'm not saying like it's for real. And I got to see that in my coma, that they're everywhere. And they're here to destroy us, to destroy the essence of God, which is love. And if you are full of love, they can't stand you. Wow. They can't stand positivity. Mm. It is like the biggest repellent. If you are negative, your aura starts to crack. I, I've been able to see auras, ironically, since my experience. Okay. And I can see negative people a mile away now huh. by their auras. They're wow. cracked and through the cracks the demons get in and they do get in. I was a really, you know, um, bad person uh, you know I was I knew better too Karina I had a mm. good mother I, I had mm. a good horrible childhood in a lot of senses but I still had that one strong amazing mother that yeah. did everything for me I went to good schools you yeah know. yeah she did her best and you your she choices did. turned away from that exactly you, you, you exactly. went another way my choices yeah. and my victim yeah. mentality yeah. you know feeling sorry for myself and poor me poor me yeah like at the end of the day you've got to take you got to take it as a lesson and you've got to try and find the positive out of every negative because there okay. always is one. Okay. You know, and um, I believe you get what you can handle yeah. and there's a lot of things I don't think I could have handled. So yeah. I survived what I survived and I am uh, i wouldn't be face <laughs> if I didn't. I wouldn't be who I am now. Yes. Um, God's merciful. He gave me a second chance while I'm falling in hell. He gave me a second chance. That's how merciful he is. He doesn't want us to go there. He doesn't send us there. We send ourselves there. Wow. That's and that very was powerful. another thing, you know, from our choices. He wants us to make the right choices. So he gave me a little glimpse of heaven, what to look forward to. Beautiful, um, beautiful. I got to see uh, all of God's animals up oh, there. And I really? mean, you can run and hug them and play with them. And they tend to look after the children or oh. the little. There's so many children in heaven, oh. uh, like so many children and so much talent going on. Oh. Like that's what blew me away and dancing and singing. Um, before, that's right, I forgot about the feast. <laughs> oh. The feast. Oh. Oh, before I came back, I got to have a little celebration. So there's feast, there was food, you get to eat, no, which shocked me because I didn't think you, you, don't, <laughs> you don't need it. Yes. It's not actual food, but God creates what you love. So if right. it's fried chicken, you can have it. I see. And even though you don't digest, you don't need to go to the toilet or anything like that, you get to enjoy food. The experience. And I got to yeah. drink, experience it, yeah, I got to drink wine, <laughs> dancing, oh. music, celebrating. Wow. Um, I was also shown there's different levels okay. of heaven. And when you get there, it's there was a grand, oh, gosh, how do I describe it? It was a library of libraries, books of books, wow, like wow. this grand, grand library. And there was also, it seemed a lot of people were busy okay. working. You don't go there just to sit around and party. You are there to learn, to work, 
like up there I knew everything, but okay. it's hard because a lot of my memory I've only been God's allowed me to remember what He wants me to remember, yes. obviously. Yes. So yes. it's very hard for me to verbalize. Yes. But um people are busy. There's definitely a war going on between good and evil and angels are down here all around us battling these demons for our for our souls to try and save us. We're surrounded by them and they can't intervene unless we ask. Right. So that's, that's an important message from your story, Faith, yes, that they we have free will. Yep. Oh, complete. There we are. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, free will, um, they can't intervene. And like even during my coma when the demons were tormenting me, if I had called out to God, they would have been disappeared and he would have been there for me. And I didn't realise that. Yes. I, because I bought into their deceit. I bought into their lies, manipulation, and that's what they do to us on earth. They lie to us, manipulate us, deceive us, and you buy into it. And um, when by buying into anything negative, yes. you're turning your back on anything positive. And then it creates and, more negativity. The, oh, the, yeah. The ripple and, effects of negativity and positivity. Absolutely. You were both shown, you were shown both in your life review. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, So wow. okay. after we celebrated, yes. I was told, um, that's another thing too. There's no time in heaven. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. no time. Yes. Although when something's happening, everybody sort of knows. Yeah. Do you understand? It's yes, like, yes, yes. It's like because like, there's a connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's like everyone, oh, everyone's can, and you can fly. Like you can really fly. And if you want to swim, you can talk underwater. That was another thing too. I never swam, but I could see the little kids swimming and talking underwater. Mm. And when they came up, because the kids in heaven, it's like the maddest nursery you could imagine. Oh, wow. And when they'd come up, they'd be fully dry. This so you creativity. saw all of this. You I saw. saw all of this. Yeah. And, like, the way you can perceive information and all of it in heaven, everything's very quick, very telepathic. It's like Instant I got knowledge. to see it all instantly. Yeah. I got to know it all instantly. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's really difficult to describe. Yes, I I've heard that, Faith. But, You're um, not alone in saying that as an MDE. It's so yeah. difficult yeah. to describe, yeah. yeah, and because there's so much to take in it. Yes. To process it all, it takes time. I'm still processing it. Of like course. even now I'm learning How many things years from has it. it been? It's been four and a half years now. Okay, and still you're learning something. I'm still yeah, learning. From it. Yeah, wow. absolutely. But um, then I got to go back. Okay, so you ha did you have a and choice to come back? It was your yeah, choice? Yeah, I, it was my choice. Okay. I could have stayed. Okay, but, but you were um, shown the probable no futures of was, your sons and your No partner. way. I was, yeah. yeah. No, it wasn't even – Seeing Matt in hell, I, I wouldn't let my worst enemy go there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was like I didn't have any anger or hatred towards Matt. In heaven you don't have negative feelings. Mm -hmm. So I was okay, right. yes, I will. Sure. Absolutely I'll, yes. I won't give up on him. And I meant it. I meant yes. it absolutely in yes. heaven. And I was coming back for my children because I knew there was a heaven. I didn't fear 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 coming back anymore because okay. I know I'm, I know there's no death now that when you die you go home you go you home. don't really die it's like you actually go you're being born to go home wow um wow. It's I don't I don't fear death death now I I you know I have no fear of it whatsoever um that went away but 
when I did come back, um, I did come back into my body. I was in a coma still um, for, a, oh, gosh, it was a week and a half okay. after that. Okay. I was very sick. Yeah. I did develop pneumonia. I got an infection in my line. So you did get an um, infection in your line. Yep, <laughs> I did get an infection mm. in my line. I know. Like that all, That one stays with That's me. That's so um, interesting. Yeah, It really was. And I was very aggressive. I mean, yeah. I attacked nurses. Yeah. Um, and even what waking up from a coma, nurses were really angry with me. Like I could feel I must have been that much of a nightmare to deal with. I could feel their anger. You know, one was really nasty to me actually when I woke up from a coma. I had a very dry dry mouth. I still had the um through my nose it was actually. The I had a dry mouth. Yeah. yeah. But I wanted ice and yeah. I couldn't talk. Yeah. And I'm trying to say ice. And I ended up when I could talk having a go at her. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I was very sick in a coma. You can't hold my behaviour against me because it was uncalled for. But yes, yeah. I was that, I must have been that much of a nightmare patient. But it was, I was really, I was battling for my soul, Karina. It was a battle during my coma. It was a battle for my it soul. It sounds like it, as you've described like, it. It's, um, it was exhausting. It's incredible to hear you describe it, Faith. And we're coming up to the hour mark. So what I'm thinking, this is probably a good place to stop and okay. if you're happy we'll come back and do part two because oh, I think absolutely. I think our listeners will want to know what happened after oh, you woke absolutely. up and how you have then processed your NDE because I know from our earlier conversations that it wasn't an immediate change in your life. Oh no, oh, no. Yes, it wasn't. which, which it is wasn't. very interesting because you were then, you know, back in the physical life and dealing with you were still, to some extent, in that world, which was a traumatic world. Oh, complete. Matthew was yeah. absolutely enthralled in it and um, he was still an addict. Yes. And, I mean, even while I was in hospital, he was kidnapped for two days and tortured. See, that? I mean, so it's hell even on earth. during. So, it, it yeah. really, yeah. It really was. So, yeah, um, and that was another thing too. When I was in heaven, I was told there's a chance I could relapse and use again if I did come back mm-hmm. and was I willing to take that risk. And I argued with him and said I would never, mm-hmm. I would never. But, um, yeah, we'll get into part we'll two. We'll get that into was, part that two. Was a, that was a big detail that turned out to shock me. But, yes, yes so getting th- Matt out of that life um, and getting us both out of that life really yeah. took another two years and it was another two years of hell. See, that's, but, I that's mean, intriguing, yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, go on. You mean? Yeah, but we, I mean, we made it. We made it. <laughs> there a, is a happy ending. It's wonderful. There's an incredible ending. It's so wonderful. I'm looking forward to sharing it's, it. It's a ripper of a story, you know. It and, is. and thank you for sharing it with us today. No, um, my pleasure. We'll come back and we'll do part two and we'll find out exactly what happened when you woke up from your coma and we'll yep. talk some more about the immense power of prayer and the part that that played, the good feelings, the love that your mother poured into you and what part that played in um, rebuilding your life as well. So wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Faith. That is is so great to talk to you and we'll come back and talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Karina. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Spirit Sisters, the podcast, based on my best-selling book of the same name. I really hope you enjoyed this episode and will join me again next time for another intriguing conversation exploring mysteries and marvels. In the meantime, please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. 
I also welcome your feedback, so please message me through my website, karinamachado.com, or find me on Facebook at Karina Machado Author. Perhaps you have your own encounter to share. If so, I'd love to hear it. After all, there's nothing more powerful than a story. Thank you.